0: fancy new intro music all right folks we're back with another edition of the red and white podcast and this might be the shortest episode ever i have nothing to talk about so that's it <laughs> let's go all I right gotta go home now all here
1: right. I'm, I'm gonna do this for the fans <laughs> that's me pouring my unc wine for this podcast oh. so it's about to get it's about to get nice and uh and relaxing on here
0: I mean, it's it's strange, man. It's um, Carolina week, and it's the first time in a long, long time where it feels pretty uh, apathetic all the way around, right? I mean, there's yeah. barely been any conversation about it. Maybe it's because it's Thanksgiving weekend, but it's been like that for a few years now. But like, my friends aren't talking about it. Nobody really cares. I mean, it's just... I don't know. It's weird. Um, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, it feels like um, you know. I always use my boss as my source for how the Wolfpack faithful are really behaving, and he said he had gotten rid of his tickets. He wasn't even going to watch the game, and that's, that's a crazy. that's a decade plus long season holder or season ticket holder that is saying that. So
0: yeah, that's wild. I mean, I'm still going. Just because it's what I do, (laughs) but I'm not looking forward to it for some strange way, strange reason. Um, I think it's because we lost
1: to a really bad Georgia Tech team, Evan. That's my guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we'll get there. Uh, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there first. So we're not going to, well, I'm not going to dwell on Dave and company too much. Trying to save that for uh, some bigger episodes after the year. Uh, I think we've beat that drum and that horse dead enough for a while now. So, um, I mean, I'll uh, uh, try not to get too far down that, that rabbit hole this episode. But yes, that Georgia Tech loss. And we talked about it last week, man. It was a really, really bad loss. Uh, I think you're spot on when you said on the last podcast that people aren't going to Um, you know, pick on that game. You know, if you lose that game, it's not as big of a deal as if you lose this next one. Mm -hmm. And I agree, but Georgia Tech is bad. I mean, that guy completed seven passes on us. They're so one-dimensional and we still couldn't stop them. Uh, That was a really, really bad loss.
1: Yeah. Three of those passes were touchdowns. I mean, and one was a 50-plus yard bomb to start the game
0: yeah i mean
1: i mean right i mean if you think about it like four passes broke our back out of seven completions was it seven completions or seven total
0: seven completions yeah it's brutal it is really really bad
1: well um we ran the ball better i'm trying to look for positives
0: I know, man. Everybody's going to – I've seen that, right? I've seen people talking about it. And to me, I've, you better run the ball better. They're awful. I mean, we said last week they were 120-plus in in defense, in total defense. And that's just – I mean, that's just miserable, man. It's, it was a really bad loss. I, I really just don't know how to describe it any way. I was, I was super disappointed that they just came out and got – blown the doors off right out of the gate. Yeah. Super frustrating.
1: Yeah. I was watching it with a uh, several friends that are uh, Georgia tech fans actually one like heads the chapter for the uh, Georgia tech fan club up here. And um, it was a weird experience to hear other teams saying, man, we usually don't make those passes. Our guy <laughs> normally can't make that kind of completion in the end zone. And like they were just as shocked as us and I was like well you know we're down to our fifth or sixth cornerback but like at this point in the season I'm kind of like tired of using that as an excuse I mean it's been four or five games now most of these guys have been in there um, and it may not really be the corners that are making these mistakes consistently uh this was a game actually that when you know when James Smith Williams got hurt in the Louisville game I was like, oh, that's going to cost us because the line plays so much better against the run when James Smith Williams is in there. That's why it's critical that he's back this week. Hopefully, that's not just a um, depth chart uh, mind game that uh, Doran's playing. Hopefully, he is playing this week. Um, but it just it just puts so much pressure on everyone else. Um, the 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 team is just really just kind of poorly set up. This year, I think it's kind of the reason they went to the 335 is I mean, if you look at our depth along the defensive line, I mean Smith Williams is the obvious uh defensive end for the rush. And I apologize for the uh location here near this fire station that's making a weekly presence, it seems, every time we record. But you know, you look at the rest of the roster, it's not surprising that when he goes out, our our game plan seems to go in the in the tank. Um Deontay Holden is is a pass rusher, Boltapelli is Young and raw um, On the other end you've got Ibrahim Conte and Savion Jackson Both young, both not ready So You know, you can't shut down Georgia Tech if you Can't stop them with your line it Is I mean, they're as simple of an Offense to defend as possible And I think it's just Georgia the Georgia Tech It's the razor thin Tech. here, man Tech. It's just everything's razor thin for us
0: Georgia Tech Hey, trust they me, scored. man. I'm looking at the, looking at the numbers. He scored 193 <laughs> points all year. <laughs> and for comparison, you know how bad our offense is, and we scored 247. That team was awful that we just lost to. And it just bothers – it's been bothering me all week. That just – we're at that point where nobody cares. It was – you know, maybe it's that far into the season – The season's already done. There's no bowl. There's none of that. That's a really, really bad loss. (laughs) And I just can't emphasize that enough that like everybody's going to talk about. Yeah, well, you know, Dorn does this, that and the other. But that's a really bad loss. That one's going to sting for a while, man. That's mm, not good,
1: man. I mean, they're let's see. What were they averaging? 193. They were averaging 17 points a game. And we made them look like red zone masters out there. Um, you know, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to watch, you know, you know, it's a short week. You know that they're going to throw something gimmicky at you to start the game. And to just see your, <laughs> your corner get busted on the very first play.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even gimmicky. It was he dropped back and just threw a bomb. Yeah.
1: Guess what? That's what uh, Longo is going to do. I would do that first. Yes. Maybe for the first two drives, I would just drop back and throw six bombs and see if one hits. I mean, yeah, it it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. There is a there is a way to to win this game. Um, It's kind of funny. They've they've had just as many injuries in the secondary as we have. Um, And I talked to a buddy today trying to get a, uh, you know, an impromptu scouting report (laughs) on UNC and he said, like, they have one cornerback that came back and he's got a broken arm and it's in a cast and he looks bad. Um, you know, so it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, can you just beat the guy with a broken arm? Maybe, um, <laughs> you know, but I, I went through and look at their stats at a high level. I mean, their offense is obviously clicking better than ours. That's not surprising based on what we've seen. Um, you know, they're running the ball better than us. That's something to be a little worried about. We have a better rushing defense, so you know we'll see if this kind of that cancels out. But I think what's important about this game is, you know, if we sit back and pass protection to try to stop the deep ball, which is something that's reasonable to expect. I don't know. I, I feel like we kind of got to die by the edge of the sword this week. You know, tackles for loss were a lot better team than they are, and um, you know their tackles for loss allowed were infinitely better than they are almost so you know they give up three plus sacks a game they give up almost seven and a half uh tackles for loss a game you know this might be a game where you know Huxtable and gibson just go kind of hog wild and see if they can just make sam Howell force a bad pass i think that's the only way you win this game
0: yeah so carolina is a nine point favorite That's what it opened up as which i think is crazy because they're a bad team too And I know we're bad, but we're at home, and you're, and they're favored by nine. I mean, that's wild. Uh, I I think that kind of speaks volumes to a a lot of things. But um.
1: yeah, I mean, haven't I was going through their scores earlier. Um, You know, let's see. I mean, the Mercer game doesn't count. Um, You know they they put up twenty seven against Pitt. They put up thirty one when they were trailing, I mean, they were just kind of trying to come back from behind the whole time in that game against UVA. They scored 20 on Duke and then they needed the overtime game with Virginia tech. You know, they they haven't been just blistering hot
0: throughout the season. And if, if you watch them and I've watched them quite a bit, just because they're the heels and you're supposed to watch them, that their offense, while they score a lot, or I would say a lot while they score because they're not that much they're not higher that much higher n- than us in the uh, total offense rankings but what they do is they can score quickly mm-hmm. and like Sam Howell is having his statistics are really good if you look at like touchdown to interception ratio and you know that kind of stuff but his completion rate and you watch him during the game he makes a lot of bad throws. Uh, A lot of throws where he's forcing them and and whatnot. So there's, you know, there's more to them than what people are talking about or what people are seeing, you know, and I think that's, um, I mean, to me that's the interesting part of it is how is, can you disrupt Howell? Because while I think he's going to be good and he can definitely throw the deep ball and, you know, he's making, make some plays when he needs to. He makes a lot of mistakes too. And he makes a lot of bad throws. Can you take advantage of them? There's not much that tells me that we can take advantage of them. But, you know, again, this is two bad teams playing each other. There's no, you know, anything can happen, which is really weird.
1: Yeah, I was trying to pull up his stats on rushing. I mean, for the season, it's funny because everyone acted like this guy was going to be a big rushing threat. 84 rushing attempts, negative 22 yards. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow
1: um and that's because he gives up a bunch of sacks he holds the ball for a long time um that may be because a lot of their passes on their deep shots when they're coming back or setting up trying to set up double moves um gosh that's gross uh i kind of want to look at leary <laughs> now in in short um you know shorter duration here if how he stacks up let me take a quick look for the wolf pack faithful listening to us click uh on stats we appreciate what you're doing yeah so he's got 37 attempts 52 yards 1.4 average and frankly i think that would be a lot higher if they were using him the way they have the last two games i want to say um yeah so he had 18 yards and 23 yards and the last two games which doesn't sound like much but i actually posted on one of the forums earlier this week that i thought one of the things he could do to really help us in this game is if he could get about thirty to forty yards with his legs. Um, mm-hmm. That probably means he kept the chains moving a lot. And if um, you know, if he can, if he can sniff sixty percent completion rate, uh, you know, I think we got a shot. Because until I talked to my buddy today, I didn't realize that their corners were decimated. And I asked him. I said, "Do you think that's something we could expose?" And he was like, "Well, I don't think you have the quarterback to do that." And I was like, "I don't," you know. I was like, I don't know if you've watched many of the games. His wife is an NC State fan, so they may have uh, just put the kibosh on it. But, you know, I think if if Leary can air it out, you know, you got to watch out for Miles Dorn back there. But I mean, maybe this is a game where you can just say, you know, we're going to run a lot of RPO. We're going to try to, like, push the limits of this defense and see if we can just get some cheap one on one balls. Um, You know, like it was refreshing to see Hines actually show up in the second half of the game last week and that's the kind of performance we thought we'd be getting from that guy
0: yeah so strange yeah i don't understand um the tavari hines experiment i don't i don't understand are you are you watching
1: highlights in your background or is that me i, I hear the i hear the voice of like a commentator
0: no that's not me oh boy it's definitely you. <laughs> my bad <laughs> Um, the Tavares Hines experiment has been weird, and I agree with you. I thought what we saw at the end of that game, you know, it was more in line with what I expected us to see, but it just hasn't it hasn't worked out. And I, or again, I I really have a hard time taking anything positive from that from that game, just because they're so bad. The only positive I really I really do like, I guess, is. Bam Knight, and the reason is mm-hmm. because he continued to do that, right? He started off against Clemson, and he's been playing well ever, you know, ever since that game. I don't know why he disappeared in the third quarter, whether he was banged up or or whatnot, but I thought it was kind of strange that he was running running well and then just didn't play. I don't know.
1: Now, who were they playing at that point? Because they kept person kind of till the fourth quarter. It almost looked like. I mean, Jordan Houston got five point six. He actually averaged the same. As Zonofan. Um, yeah. And he got, I mean, that fat ref. I mean. Uh, what I th- I don't. A I, I just was. don't understand, like, why there isn't something. Like, when that happens, that it's not, like, an automatic, like, 10 yards. <laughs> like, a penalty on the refs. You know? I mean, it's right. just. He's wide open. I mean, he is running free. And he's going to waltz into the end zone, it looks like. And you get the enormous. Like, how is that guy even a ref? How can he be a ref running up and down the field and have a gut that big? <laughs> like, how is he on the center of the field?
0: <laughs> I have no idea. And it's very, um, very wolfpacky, y especially this year. It's very 2019 Wolfpack for Jordan Houston to run into that guy and just flop over. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean that's the biggest guy that's
1: tackled him all year.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, that's just very much... How the season has gone, right? It's just, you have a guy breaking free, he runs into the fattest official ever.
1: Yeah, let me read this off to you. Tabari Hines, four receptions, 88 yards. Emeka Mazzi three receptions, seven yards. That's, I think that's what's killing us. It's just that we don't, for whatever reason, Emeka just hasn't been able to step into a, a wide receiver one type role. And... You know, it just seems like every week we have one guy going off, but not two or three, right? So, I I don't know. Let's talk briefly about some decision-making from this Georgia Tech game, because I can't get it off of my mind. Um, Give it to me. All right, so Chris Dunn has a bad back. Um, they decide to go for it on fourth down on the first drive of the game, and they don't convert it. And then they are closer to the end zone on the second time they get to do this situation and they kick the field goal instead. Do you think do you think that was the right play both times? I mean, should they have trotted him out there? Like what what could have changed over 10 minutes to make you think that the kicker could all of a sudden go?
0: I don't even think it was a kicker thing. I think it was more dave trying to be aggressive and then realizing his offense is hot garbage and the odds of him scoring on one of those aggressive red zone opportunities is not high and so he eventually realized i should probably just kick this and take the points
1: yeah you know it's funny because yeah you're right i I feel like I had a different impression of this game, but you know, the first drive we go 64 yards and 11 plays. Then we do six plays, 17 yards, three plays and minus four yards. I think that's the drive where we ran it three times and it's like third and 15, I think. And we, yeah. And we ran with Jordan Houston. Kind of makes you wonder Mm -hmm. what the hell Des is thinking there. Um, Three plays, six yards. Then we have, 18 plays, 93 yards, and you get three points. And then you have the fucking... The fumble, man. (laughs) I mean, brutal. Um, Just super brutal. First half. And then the second half, let's just go through this. 12 plays, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, 11 plays, 63 yards, and a field goal. 5 plays, 64 yards, and a touchdown. 12 plays, 80 yards, and a touchdown. This is the first time all year that our second half offense was way better than the first. Yeah. Kind of bonkers. All right. It's Georgia Tech though. I know. I know, but at the same time it's like, you know, you can see what they can do in the second half there, right? Yeah. That's them doing what you are supposed to do to Georgia Tech. And then, you know, maybe We scored
0: a fir- we scored a touchdown, sorry, right out of the right out of the half. And I wish I had the capacity to go back and look that's the first touchdown we've scored in the opening possession of a third quarter in years.
1: Has to be. It feels like it. Even going back to drink, drinks it's, often struggled coming out of halftime for some reason. Um,
0: yeah, because there was no fans in the stadium. I mean, yeah, I you, well,
1: it's a factor. It's definitely <laughs> a factor. I mean, the fact is when you ask the players about it, they say it's weird when the like literally for a quarter, your your stadium is a different game environment. It's like you have, yeah, yeah. it's like you have, you know, the kind of like Tallahassee night environment for the first half. Then you have a quarter of BC, and then you have a quarter of who knows because <laughs> yeah. it depends on if people came back for from their tailgate.
0: But yeah, we'll solve that problem in another episode. But I, I wanted to point <laughs> out, funny, yeah, I mean, the first time we've we've actually scored in the third quarter in a long time. Can we talk about the two
1: point play at the end of the game? Oh yeah, please. Um here's the thing you got a young offense and you're running a bootleg right like read play and then you're trying to hide your tight end who struggles blocking getting through the wash to have an open you know throwback and this is just the stuff that kind of drives me nuts about our staff is it seems like they galaxy brain to uh Take a, a phrase from all the DFS stuff I listen to. It seems like they just <laughs> massively overthink things. like that cannot be your most successful two-point play that you've got in the book. like it, you know, and and it Larry doesn't even throw a ball that's even approachable to catch. you know it's just I, I really feel like sometimes we just don't
0: use our personnel in a logical way. Um, you mean a six foot seven tight end with really good hands?
1: Yeah. I mean, just think about it like this, right? <laughs> you know, it's the first drive and they throw that kind of like fade out route to a Mezzi and he comes down, you know, about, I don't know, two or three inches out of bounds. Um, you know, th- there's no way physically for him to come in, <laughs> catch that ball and come down and bounce. It's like impossible for him. But I often wonder, like, why don't you line Angeline out there? And have him go one on one with his height against somebody instead. And then you could have, you know, you could let a Mezzi do, you know, just a a simple, like he could bubble screen out there or Thayer, you know, just it doesn't seem like we ever do the right thing with these guys. It's like we're like, okay, hey, right. they're going to guard Angeline. So let's put him over here and isolate a Mezzi who's been an inconsistent. Receiver this year, and you know I I just think we overthink stuff. I think that's like one of the things that UNC does well is like they're really good in down in the red zone of just like finding Bo Corrales and throwing it at him. Like they don't yeah. overthink it. They're just like, where's Bo? Let's throw it at him. Yeah, I bet all of his touchdowns are within like ten yards of the end zone <laughs> for the most part. Probably,
0: yeah. Um. All right, so enough Georgia Tech game. That was the dumpster. It was a really bad loss. How do we compete in this Carolina game? If if I hit you up on Sunday, like, hey, how did we win that game? What are you you telling me?
1: We were in their backfield all day. We didn't let them run. We kept them in third and long. And when it was third and long, we sat back in zone and tried to force – Howell to actually throw into tighter windows. Um, I think that's and then vice versa. I think you come out, you take shots, you run a couple trick plays like I'm a little concerned about Chris Dunn and if the back is bad and he can't really go from 20 yards or more out it's going to change the way we call our game plan. It's, it's going to be like having Bambard on the roster, yeah. except like once you get within the 20, once you get about probably about 15 and in, that's probably where they get comfortable. Um, so hopefully mm-hmm. that was just kind of a, a crazy pregame injury. Um, I don't know what Trenton Gill can do as a field goal kicker. Um, but this is a game where I think it could easily be 44 to 10. UNC or it can be like a 21 19 type game it just depends on yeah. like if you get out if you get a jump on UNC and they just play you know this like double move throw the ball up and hope they score kind of thing I th- I feel a little bit better actually assuming that our guys would just sit back in zone and just say look just drive down the field on me prove you can do it I don't know.
0: I mean, that's what the philosophy's supposed to be. I'm not sure they execute it very well, but that's what we're told. They're trying to do is prevent the big play and you know make teams drive on them.
1: This is yeah. this is like Tony Gibson game, right? Like Phil Longo plays basically an air raid. Isn't that what Gibson is supposed to be an expert on defending?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would never never imagine West Virginia as much of a defensive powerhouse.
1: Right, but he should at least know but, what he's facing, right? And right. you know, frankly at this point, our defensive backs that we have are no better or no worse than anything that I've seen from anyone in the Big 12 outside of Oklahoma. So, um, you know, I expect them to get tested and I hope that you know, he and Huxtable and Doran are all on the same page about how you defend this kind of offense. I think, I, th- I feel like Doran would, like, he cannot in his soul allow a team to run on him. And I think what Gibson might say is, like, let them run the ball. We're going to not let them throw it.
0: That would be risky um, for, you know, for a bunch of reasons, obviously, but Carolina's running backs aren't that bad. Um, Yeah, I think they've got two or three that actually are very capable running backs. So I think it's more. I I think the offense is well, I think our defense and their offense should about cancel each other out. I don't think one's better than the other. The unknown is going to be our offense. Mm -hmm. Right. Can we score? Can we keep running the ball? What dumb stuff do we do? I mean those are things that I'm fully prepared to see like us just doing something stupid.
1: I you know the thing is is I try to think of like what game this lines up with the most. I mean from an SP+ plus and probably from a essential offense standpoint they're they're really close to FSU. Really. I mean yeah. They they almost have like the exact same kind of statistical profile there. Um Yeah, it makes sense they're gonna be boomer bust, yeah. Take the big play. And then you just kind of hope that they're gonna show up and be the Syracuse version of it that day. Um it just seems hard to believe. I mean, here's I mean the thing is like I don't think their offensive line is very good. You don't give that that many tackles for loss and that many sacks. And you know, if if Knight and Houston and Person and Leary can just keep moving the chains with their legs and then take you know take some shots, you can at least limit the amount of time they're on the field. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, everyone should just understand like it's an extremely high probability we lose this game, and the only oh, you're-, you're hoping for like quote unquote rivalry stuff to happen. Yeah. You know, you need them to make dumb penalties. You need them to just get, you know, their their butts, you know, clenched in that environment. But the problem is, is I don't think we're going to have that typical environment that we would have for this game.
0: Yeah, the environment is going to be super questionable. I'm curious of what it's going to be. I think there's a lot of, you know, all right, I said apathy, but people are going to show up. Probably expecting us not to do well, and that's going to play out in the atmosphere for sure. And, you know, if Carolina jumps early, they hit a deep ball or something like Georgia Tech did out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, all bets are off. That place could be empty by the second quarter. I mean, I really, I really think so. There's a bunch of night games on. People would just rather go watch that. Well, watch somebody else. That's
1: the one thing I'm hoping. Right? Is it's we got a night game. Hopefully everyone is just angry sauced out there. And uh, what's the weather? What's the weather for the game?
0: Uh, Cold, but clear. No big deal. We're like mid forties. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going
1: to be pissed off that they didn't like get that super cheap TV the day before for Black Friday. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll come out there. I mean, if we're going (laughs) to. I still think from a culture standpoint, If it's cold and it's at night, I think our guys are going to be more fired up than their guys. It's just going to be a matter of does Jarius Moorhead make the correct play and not, you know, leave well type receiver just flying down the field? I mean, if guys kind of play within their shoes, then I think we'll be good. I always get nervous about senior night. I am a huge proponent for moving senior night to like a game at the beginning of the year against a nobody opponent. Because yeah. I think all the pomp and and fanfare really takes guys out of their their game. Um, we did it for a UNC game that year that Elijah Hood and I can't remember the other guy's name, like just ran all over us and we looked completely flat and lethargic to start the game. I've seen it, you know, they did it last year with Wake. Um, I think it's just, I'd rather celebrate that at the beginning of the year or schedule a mercer type game and do it then um it's, yeah you're already emotionally revved up with your last game at home in this situation like why why add more shit to it well
0: it's just what we do
1: i mean i know it's what uh, we do i i just think it's
0: mon- i agree with you i think it's dumb yeah I think it's yeah it's crazy um, I get some of these questions. Cam asks us, over-under number of TD passes for Howell on Saturday. Stats for a freshman are crazy. Very much worries me. I think he's boomer bust. bust. Yeah. I'll set the over-under at two and a half passing TDs.
1: I'm going two. I think I think they get more on the ground this game than we expect.
0: Ooh, that would be brutal. Um, This is kind of in line with your scheduling. Do you like the out-of-conference scheduling? We have now with all four games up front or would you rather have that second to last game be an out of conference game like other schools do you asked me about that what do you think
1: um so i talked to my buddy about it today because they had played mercer last week and i said what would you feel about that and he was like okay here's the positive is you get to rest your starters probably for three quarters of that game you get to let redshirt guys play um you know, maybe guys have been sitting on the bench all season that haven't quite earned the playing time in a, in a a real ACC game, but you can get them out there and get some experience. Um, You know, he was like, look, there's a reason like Bama and Auburn do this every year. But then he said, but as a fan, I really don't like it. Um, You know, he's like it, you know, you can claim you have a sellout crowd, but then no one shows up for that game. So it's kind of just like a, an emotion suck before another, another game i think to like what i just said if we were gonna do it i would just do it so that you could you know basically give your guys rest for a week and i mean you have to schedule like the western carolina team you can't like put a you know a big game at that at that time you can't put like an ecu or someone like that there so right i don't know i mean what are your thoughts
0: I get why all the schools do it, right? I mean, it's like a tune-up game. It's like having another scout team out there that you know gives you guys more practice for the following week. As a fan, I think it sucks. Um, I don't know. I, I you know, as a fan, I like to have a better game that part of the year, but at the same time. To me, it all depends on who you're playing and, you know, how the timing lines up. Like next year, we open with Mississippi State. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I think I'd rather have those good games, like that there, and then. You know, that wasn't me. There.
1: Did you? Uh, say- you no. Know? No. Okay. All right. Hey, a little behind the camera there, guys. Uh, someone desperately wanted to charge their phone
0: get together get together
1: wow. we have a show must go on wow unbelievable
0: yeah i don't know i don't have a real opinion on it i think it's stupid that we play those games as it is but it's probably more beneficial to play play it before your rivalry team or rivalry game yeah so uh other question can this staff do anything that changes your mind on the current opinion you have we'll get into this a little bit more later what i want to see in this game is don't get blown out mm-hmm. Don't get blown out early. Be competitive, and just don't hold anything back because you have nothing left, right? Just you should be able to get everything you can out of these dudes. And I want to see salty Dave. I want to see the Dave that hates Mac Brown, but he doesn't that hates Carolina. He likes Mac Brown. I don't know. Who knows? He says he respects somebody him, like, that oh, hates that Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> coach speak i mean i hope coach speak i hope yeah um that's what i want to see i just want to see some fire and some care and some i don't know enthusiasm about this game and cuz we haven't seen in my opinion progress i don't want to ask for it this week so i what what we can look for is something that's a little bit more intrinsic i want to see just effort, right? I don't want to see the same apathy that you're going to see in the stands. Don't get blown out. Don't get blown out, and I, and I'll at least you have a chance. This is such a critical game for Dorn. If he gets blown out, or if he loses this game, it makes next year so much harder. If you win this game, you have like the, you know, theoretical momentum going into the offseason, right? And then you come back, you can go around the recruiting trail and beat your drum that, hey, we still kick their ass even though we suck. And then you come in next year and you're like, look, we you know, we coming off a win against the rival and this, that, and the other. All that changes if you get blown out this game or if you, you know, just – don't look good in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean there's three outcomes that can have different results. I mean, you you win this game no matter like doesn't matter if it's a blowout or if it's a close nail biter. You hold them out of bowls, you have that edge on the recruiting trail, say even when we suck we beat these dudes. And you just take something away from them doing that. Okay. Then if you lose close, you can say Hey man, we got super unlucky with our injuries and you'll just blame it on that. And you'll roll on. You just say, look, it was an aberration last time this happened. We bounced back and we got better players than we did. Then, you know, he'll point to year two and say, we're a far better team than that team. So here we come kind of thing. And if you get blown out, it's going to be a weird off season. And it could be a very weird December is all I'll say on that topic.
0: Um, Yes. I agree. I agree. You know,
1: I, Um, I would just say what I want to see in this game is, okay, so here's what Dave said about the offense this week. He says, basically, you know, our offense, our offense is not built to throw it 60 times per game. That's not what we recruited all these guys for. We want to be balanced. You know that, but we want to run our run game to set up our pass game. And then I'll shorten it down to here. He goes, that's who we want to be. We want to be physical when the line of scrimmage and our offensive linemen take pride in pancaking people, get backs to the second level and let them do their thing. We want corners and safeties to have to tackle our backs. So if you're going to stick to that identity, you better be chewing up yardage and you better be getting in the end zone. And if they stick to that, that's great. But if this defense that they're facing is really decimated at cornerback, you know, I'd like to see them just test it early. And at least establish a threat and then go to that identity, if that makes any sense. Because if you get them to that level and you got these guys that shouldn't be in the game trying to tackle you, maybe we'd get kind of a BC light on our hands, right? Where our run game could win this. I guess that's what I want to see.
0: Yeah, that's a very much his Midwestern Big Ten philosophy. And we'll get into that a little bit. You know, maybe in the next episode after the season wraps up. Uh, But that's, you know, I I have my own thoughts about that that I'll probably save. I agree with you, though. I want to see control this game like they've done before. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a different it's it's a struggle for it's a struggle for this team, man. And I'm curious what he's going to get out of him. I think that's to me, that's one of the interesting storylines. Um, next question, how many days, weeks go by before you get worried, no changes to staff want to be made? I'm not worried about that now. Yeah. Uh, that's something that's going to happen late December. So even, you know, the head coaches happens Black Monday, Sunday, even earlier now, but, you know, the following, the Monday following Thanksgiving, really when you start seeing the coaches get chopped and then, you know, you can see all the way until late January. Assistant coaches moving around, uh, especially with the late signing day. Now you'll probably won't see many assistant coaches get axed before that, yeah. in case they're tied to recruits. I think that's mid December. It's December. So 18th. After, okay, December eighteenth. So after December, you know that's when you start looking at what's happening with the staff and and those sorts of things. So yeah,
1: I guarantee any program that's like nc state that's having what looks like a single bad year but is on the cusp of being unacceptable i guess is the way to put it would not do anything until after signing day and i know it gives people a bad taste in their mouth but like you gotta play the game and you gotta lock these guys in because if there are changes made if it's just a coordinator for example. You do not want to be losing any of your skill players on offense or if they made a change on defense. I'm not expecting, to be honest. Um, So just, you know, hold your noses and get over it. I know a lot of people like to be high and mighty about, you know, like in the past. I know UNC would do this, for example, is they would have like whoever their jewel of the class was that was being recruited by a specific coach. And they would hold on to that coach. And then as soon as the signing day happened, boom, the coach cut and left. Okay. Yeah. You need to be smart here. And
0: that's all I'll say about that. What would you like to see recruiting wise leading up to the early signing period? Interesting.
1: Um, I'd like to see them land this other speedy wide receiver that they recently offered. Um, I can't remember his name. So give me a break guys. Um, but yeah, so you've seen over the last, uh, week or two, it seems like the staff finally realized that they don't have fast wide receivers outside of CJ Riley. Um, and you see them making these offers out. Um, here I'm going to, I'm going to cheat and say, this is a reason why you guys should be looking at IPS or NC state at, uh, at rivals. Um, Yeah, I mean, this Coit guy, you know, just it's it's very clear that NC State lacks vertical threats and, you know, you can sit there and say that, oh, technically um, Harmon should have been around this year and technically Myers should have been around this year. But it was fairly obvious Going into last season, that Harmon wasn't going to stick around if he had any decent kind of season. And he's not the guy that's your deep vertical threat anyways. So I think State at least recognizes that they made some mistakes on the recruiting trail, at least at wide receiver. And it looks like they are targeting fast guys and they are targeting jitterbugs, kind of. That's what I've seen the last class or two. So I'd like to see them fill that out. And then I'd like to see them just add another offensive lineman because I think we have a problem there.
0: I'm curious how they're going to go about the transfer portal and how they're going to use use that.
1: There are some interesting guys in the portal right now. There's an offensive lineman that we had recruited. I want to say his name was Colquitt. That was at Ole Miss. He just went in the portal. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a defensive back from West Virginia that just went in the portal. There's a tight end that had been committed to us, then flipped to Rutgers that just went into the portal. Um, And those are three spots where it would not hurt to take some more dudes. Um, Even if they didn't live up to their hype, I think the staff really liked those guys. And, um, you know, I know Gibson would obviously be familiar with the West Virginia player in particular. Um, I think they would be remiss to not fill out some spots and take a shot with guys that are, you know, especially anyone that's experienced. I mean, everyone can tell me how great the offensive line is going to be next year, but I see the exact same perilous situation where you lose one or two guys and the whole thing's a mess again.
0: I don't understand what took them so long to realize having possession wide receivers is maybe not the way to go.
1: I you know what it always seemed like it always seemed like they were trying to recruit against Clemson specifically like the Clemson wide receivers led to us changing our philosophy and who we recruited defensive back <laughs> yeah. you know the the it seemed like the Clemson defenders led to who we recruited at at wide receiver they were like okay we're not going to break away from these guys so we need big bodies to catch the ball. Um. <laughs> So I, I think there's a little bit of chasing after the magic there. Um, and it kind of makes sense. The last two years, you at least looked like you could kind of challenge Clemson, except for the just absolute beat down you got last year. But you, you know what I'm saying here. Um, right. I, I just don't understand it. And I, I think it's if you look at Doran's comment of, I want to basically be able to run the ball. He says he wants to be balanced, but in reality, what he's saying is he wants to be able to run when he can run, and because he can do that, he can get you to overcommit in the box, and then he gets one-on-one with his guys. Now, that works when you have a Harmon or Myers, someone that can make contested catches really well, or in Myers' case in particular, can just really run routes really well, and it's fine, and they'll, everyone will point to the last two years or three years of stats and be like, look how good we were at passing the ball. And I would say that like, you had an NFL quarterback, you had an extremely good offensive line, and you had two baller playmakers that couldn't win deep, deep vertical balls necessarily. Like They weren't going to be wide open streaming down the field, but they could win the contested catch, keep the chains moving, and make that offense look better than it was. You could not run the ball last year. I don't care. You can blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. But that's that's the philosophy he's stuck to. And I think what you're seeing right now is he's probably realizing like, oh man, it might be easier to impose your will on a team if you have multiple kinds of wide receivers you can throw out there. And I think they made a real strong commitment to getting guys that kind of jitter around. So that's why you have like a Lassane Thayer Thomas, That's why they wanted Hines. They wanted guys that can kind of shake and get loose um, and open up your screen game. And then unfortunately, the only guy that they had on the the roster was C.J. Riley. And we never got to see what this offense looked like with him just taking the top off of it. Um, He could have just literally been running go routes all year long and he would just need to hit like one out of five to really make it worth it. And I think they realized this year, like, oh, my God, we have no speed on this team. That's what it looks like to me.
0: That's what it looks like to me. I think it's crazy that, that, and I said this from the very beginning, that it's crazy that you're reliant on one guy. And it's the same thing with the tight end position, right? If you're going to be a run-heavy team and you want to run with your tight end blockers and you only have one tight end that can block, what the hell are you doing? Like, what kind of management is that?
1: It's I mean, it's I think you can believe your own hype if you want to. And I think Dave thought that as long as my three headed running team, running backs here could can keep the ball moving on the ground, we're fine. And Matt McKay is like Ryan Finley light. He may not be as good of a passer, but he can run. That's going to open things up. Then they abandon that early in the season. Um. That's the only reason I can I can think of it. You know, I mean, my complaint is twofold. You only have one C.J. Riley. You only have one Dylan Ottenreith. And if those are the two guys having a vertical threat to take advantage of your one on one shot and having a blocking tight end are critical to the whole offense working, then like maybe stock up on that spot. And to hear Doran complain, not even complaining, just being like, oh, well, you know, we lost a few tight ends. It's like, Dylan Parham is a bad blocker. He's, he's a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> he was, he was just to be a quarterback. Now, maybe he's being like subtle and being like, well, we lost like Boselli and, and these other guys that he was going to rely yeah. on. Like, I, I'd almost rather he just be honest and just say, Hey, look, you know, we would recruited guys that we thought could be the, the cook on wreath mold. and, One of them didn't pan out and we were caught kind of with our pants down. And the same thing happened with CJ Riley. I mean, I I go back and look at the wide receiver recruiting and I don't see any other CJ Rileys on there. Um, I got in a bit of an argument about it on the forums this week. But, you know, they did not recruit uh, an elite speed wide receiver for several years. And, you know, I just think we just I think you were seeing what it looks like when you have two or three classes that actually you thought were good or better on signing day, and you thought you can mold them, and then they transfer out, get dismissed, get injured. And you've got a really young team that looks like Pac-14 squad, and you just gotta suffer through it, and you hope that you get the amount of contributors that you did out of that one class, that you get it out of these two classes that you've had with 18 and 19.
0: You know? Yeah, and I... I don't know. I, I to make it a positive, at least they are adjusting their philosophy, right? They've always done with the big mm-hmm. possession. So but now there's recognizing recognize they need to change. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't think you need elite speed to get open. I think you need Guys that can run good routes and maybe coaches that can coach good routes. But <laughs> I'll get to that another
1: time. Save that for the next um, podcast.
0: Come on. I am. I am. I am. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, recruiting, that's a, let's get, get some more wide receivers. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, next question is What can you do? What can we do to recapture mem- momentum and energy for recruiting 21 and 22 players? Win this fucking game this week. Like, beat the heels that's that's it i mean if you do that then you can go around and said like you said hey we we sucked we're hurt and we still beat them yeah that's that's all you gotta do man just uh, i don't think winning matters as much to kids as far as recruiting now there's a few that want to play elite programs to elite levels and those sorts of things but
1: We were never getting those guys. They
0: all think that they can come in and have an impact and and make a change, right? And they can, if there's other good players that things are going to get better. So I I don't know if too much changes there other than, you know, being interesting. I think being interesting is more important than being good in recruiting. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point. Go out there and be fun. Yeah, Go ahead, oh,
1: I was going to say, you know, that's um, that's something my, my friend TJ was saying to me today was, you know, I was like, you know, what do you expect with Mac Brown? And he was like, you know, basically, it's better than we hope for. And, and the reason he says that is basically the the fan base was extremely turned off by Fedora and the players like inside the locker room were really turned against him. And basically, Fedora had lost everyone and they knew a change had to be made and what they did is they've been fun to watch even though they're losing it's you know this is what we've said the past couple of weeks is just i'd rather see a product that's fun to watch than that is grinding it out and yeah. i know that <laughs> i i know that he has a high win percentage when he's leading at halftime i have no problem with that the fact that wake forest i think is the only game he lost last year with where in the last two seasons where we were winning at halftime. Like I get that, but you have to balance entertainment a little bit and it's just frustrating to watch. And then you sit here and you watch UNC. And even though they are not that good of a team, we all think that they are this like amazing passing power that is just going to light us up and put 55 on the scoreboard, even though they haven't really done that. They just have a way to get big plays. And this is my biggest issue with the offensive philosophy of the last few years is I can, I can probably count them on my hand right now, the amount of big explosive pass plays for touchdowns. There's like three of them that I can recall. And that's the problem It's just that you know that there's, when you watch an NC State game, you're just going to have to hope that we are a better team that day. And my uh, my friend told me this interesting thing today. I think that Mac Brown had said somebody at Texas told him this, but basically um, you need to have better talent than at least seven teams on your schedule because your your team is probably only going to get up for four games realistically every year. And I think you look at the schedule this year and it had like set up perfectly like everyone that we've played has like actually not been that good. You know, Clemson is elite. And then really, I mean, Wake Forest kind of is the best team. But even then, like from a statistical standpoint, North Carolina, Florida State, Wake, Louisville, Syracuse, Boston College, they're all ranked basically 45, 50 or, or worse. And then all the teams behind us. So, like, we should have had better talent than a lot of these teams. And I think if we had been able to get up and have a fun scheme, You know, you might have seen us win games that we shouldn't have dropped on this schedule. I mean, like, we shouldn't lose to Georgia Tech. Like, I'm sorry. I can't believe people are not burning down, like, (laughs) just... I'm surprised we didn't burn down Atlanta on the way home. (laughs) Like, they they were 2-8, and guys. Like, we should have never lost that game. I don't care that it's a short week. The way we lost it is infuriating. And, and, you know... That's I don't even I don't even know what this question was, but I'm going to blame it on this this fancy wine that I've been drinking. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know whatever momentum we need, we need to we either need to win or we need to at least just not get blown out. Because I think that I yeah. think staff has actually done a pretty good job of holding things together. I mean the guys that flipped were traditional UNC recruits, anyways.
0: Yeah, which you know. It could be a lot worse I think from which again is what you come to expect? I think if you're being recruited by NC state, you're not expecting an elite power and so they lose some games. I don't know how much that affects you right you're coming because you want to stay close to home and you know you a good fan base and all, all that stuff, but it's not necessarily about winning championships, so I don't think you know any of that is influencing it. I uh, just be interesting and be fun. And like you said, more ov- moreover more over to what you were saying it, is if they are even remotely interesting this year, then the fan base isn't at, you know, cliff's edge, yeah. you know, waiting to jump off because you're like, oh, all right, well, you know, you lost some close games, you know, you look, okay and you know it's fun to watch and people aren't coming at you with pitchforks but you look like dog shit every week against an awful schedule and this is where you, this is what it puts you so it's be interesting be fun and i think that cures a lot of a lot of the ailments especially on the recruiting trail all right no more football for <laughs> at least another minute basketball game Uh playing Memphis tomorrow they don't have Wiseman I think they lost another guy you know we'll get more back basketball focus as the year goes on but this is the biggest game right here I, I'm yet to see uh, what this team is made of <laughs> and I'm um, kind of wondering what he's typing into the document now it says dribble, 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 dribble. <laughs> Jack of yeah. So that's the offense hit or running dribble, dribble, dribble. I Jack wasn't sure shot. if you
1: were looking at it while I was typing. Cause I was laughing for the audience yeah, here. Yeah. Cause we had one single note for basketball.
0: <laughs> yeah. Huge game versus Memphis 4 PM. I put 4 PM cause I didn't know what time it was. And I'm sure somebody else out there doesn't know what time it is. Um, so yeah, big game versus Memphis. Uh, I've, neutral court, all that jazz. I don't know what to expect. Again, be interesting, be fun. Don't go out there and lay an egg. We don't need Markel to jack up 40 shots. Cause he just doesn't have it right now.
1: Well, it's almost like it's, it just depends on the shot quality. I think right now. Right. I mean, it doesn't look like his three game is there. If, if Markel can just drive and get to the line, I'd love to just win a game by free throws. If we have to, um, it, it's just, this is a game where it's kind of like the others, right? Just, just play within yourself. Like, you know, for Devin Daniels, just play within yourself, my man. Like don't, don't try to take it all on your shoulders, but just contribute, you know, play great defense and, and get some black buckets in transition. You know, I, I'd love to just see, you know, Manny Bates and, and DJ just have strong games at the rim. It, you know, like if we, if we had won Georgia tech, I don't think I'd be as worried about a game like Memphis, but now it's critical to win one of these just to get that resume one to offset Georgia tech. Right. And yeah, you know, I just want to see, I just want to see, you know, just heart, you know, playing with pace playing, you know, I love to see the full court press a little bit more. I'm, I'm surprised actually that we haven't seen it as much.
0: Um, we have to we have to get back to that because that's what keys our offense. Yeah. We need
1: transition points. Yeah. I mean, that was what made Godfrey good the first couple of years, right? Is we got tons of points in transition.
0: Yeah. I think that's – this team has all the pieces it needs. And that's the first time I've said that in a long time. I think you actually have a complete team mm-hmm. here with guys that can shoot. You got rebounders, shot blockers ball handlers, right? There's enough pieces on this team that there's no reason for them to not be, not have a good year, man. I really, I think they could have a really good year if they put together.
1: I just want to say right now that I was looking at the scores and Alabama's within five of UNC in the second half. So maybe we can get a... a multiple RTP letdown. Um, you know, we'll let the we'll let the base of the triangle fall with uh, North Carolina and Duke.
0: <laughs> let us pull something out. Oh man, yeah. I woke up and saw that Duke had lost to Stephen F. Austin. I saw how they lost. It was great. I, I was really happy.
1: I was going to bed and then I heard my iPad uh, a floor away do that dun 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 dun, I was like, "Wow, something something must have just happened." And, uh, first <laughs> off, it was great to like, not open it up and be like DJ Funderburk out for the year. Um, <laughs> oh, <God>. you know, <laughs> DJ Funderburk on the run with, with, uh, with, uh, whatever those things are. that weren't as hard. Jeez guys, man. Wine hits hard. Wine hits hard guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to, to see that, I actually, I was just like, wow, I, what a great feeling. Not, not only that they lost to Stephen F. Austin, but that it was at home like oh that felt really good going to bed yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so we need to turn the tides we need to win this game it's winnable
1: the real question is is who are you going to start at quarterback in your cash lineup for dfs this week oh god i haven't you even gotta looked play at the it. thursday games man
0: i will but i hadn't
1: looked at it yet well there's yeah, no idea. Here, here's a here's a pro tip for for the fan base. Um, everyone's going to be playing Dak Prescott or Drew Brees, so don't be surprised if a little guy named Josh Allen really really tears it up and, and changes changes the slate tomorrow.
0: Dude, Josh Allen is sneaky because he gets all the damn running, um, running yards. Here's the secret to
1: DFS: play guys that are actually two positions. If your quarterback is also technically a running back, even a bad running back, that's probably worth more than just a pure pocket passer. CMC is so good because he's a number one wide receiver and a number one running back based on the amount of times he touches the ball. So why Lamar Jackson is awesome. You know, it's why someone like Drew Brees can just lay a stinker for you and why Lamar Jackson or even Kyler Murray at this point can consistently get you guys 20 or so points. Just, uh, Tuck that away in the DFS nuggets for whoever is listening at this point.
0: (laughs) If you're listening at this point, God bless you. I swear. All right. That's it. I'm done. We're going to wrap up football next week. Um, We have some ideas. We'll see if we can pull it off. It requires preparation and things that we're not really good at. So
1: No, no. We're going to have the best Google Doc yet. It's going to be laid out. We're going to streamline this thing. We're going to stay on topic. I'm not going to drink wine or whiskey before we start. It's going to be a good time, guys.
0: All right. We're going to wrap up the football season next year. But otherwise, happy Thanksgiving. Hope the basketball team wins. Go to hell, Carolina. Go back. (laughs) back.